word, so bear with me. What will cause us to have a greater admiration for our Creator? I think we need to understand His character. As we think about the God of heaven and who He is, who can, how could we but love Him? I want to expound on that this morning and look at God's qualities. There's a verse that comes to mind. I think it's 2 Peter 3.18 that says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Speaking of one of the God ahead, it says that we're supposed to grow in knowledge of Jesus. Isn't that interesting? What does that mean? We should know more about Him. What is the song we sing? More about Jesus would I know. A good soldier studies his captain. A good servant studies his master. What do we know about God? Likewise, in Matthew eleven twenty nine, we see this. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. We're supposed to learn of God. The more we know about Him, the more we'll love Him, the less apt we are to sin against Him. God says, learn of me. Think in your mind for just a moment, please, of someone who you, you perceive as having stellar character. You trust them to be an upright and just person that they're righteous. And then one day someone comes along and gives you some foul report of that person's character. What do you do? Immediately our mind goes to what we've always known of that person. Stellar character, righteous. And we give them the benefit of the doubt because we know that person. And we're thinking this is false information. Well, shouldn't we do the same thing with God? The more we know about Him. Because very often in life what happens... How many times, brethren, have you heard it? And I have too. Why did God take my loved one? Why is God allowing me to go through such hard times? Why don't I have things like other people have? It's it's a misunderstanding of God's character. And so those accusations are all falsely placed. So as we develop this relationship with God, we, we appreciate Him more and we understand who He is and understand His character, and we love Him. Some of God's qualities. Let me read a list to you, please. I started some time back trying to go through the Scriptures and find anything that talked about a quality of God. I'll have you know that I believe the the list could be impossible to exhaust. It's, It's just unbelievable. For a God, it shouldn't be. But it's amazing how much information there is of God. Let me read the short list. Then we're going to talk about our lesson. Things God does. God rejoices. Think about God as we um, go through this list, please. God delights. Believe it or not, God sings and joys according to the Scriptures. If any of these things ring a question mark for you, please give me your email or something, and I'll send you the verses and locations. God joys. God is merry. He praises. God takes pleasure in. God does good. He hears. God longs to gather. God has compassion. God shepherds. 
God is a friend. God does not withdraw His eyes from watching the righteous. How comforting. God is holding and guides. He teaches. He provides for. God loves. God heals. He ever lives to make intercession for. God serves. God is grieved. God forgives and pardons. God saves. He prepares. And God is very uh, of great um, pity and pitifulness toward us. I, I didn't pronounce that very well. but As we think about God's attributes, let's look at some of them and look at some Scripture to support the ideas. Things we may not expect from God. <clears throat> we may be talking about a variety of the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, of the Godhead here. But at this moment, we're going to look at the Christ. Concerning the, the idea that God serves, that's amazing to me. We think of someone in power from our perspective today, and they are above the idea of servitude, not the Christ. Luke twenty two twenty seven. But I am among you as he that serveth. Our Lord was serving. Yes. Likewise in Luke twelve thirty seven. Jesus was telling this story, but this represents something far more than a story. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Notice what he does. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself. Make them sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. Who did that? According to the context of this, the Lord when He came and found His servants. Our Lord served when He was here. He came seeking and to save the lost. He, he did not come to be served per se. Our Lord served. How shouldn't we emulate His behavior and attitude and also likewise serve? God repents. Let's make a notation here. Not as we repent. We repent when we make a change of mind about sin and turn in a different direction and do something different. Our God changes His mind. And we see Him changing His mind. Second Samuel twenty four sixteen. The Lord repented Him of the evil and said to the angel that destroyed the people, It is enough. He changed His mind. And what about Jonah's description, by inspiration of course, in chapter 4 verse 2? Think about Jonah's description here of God. It's an awesome depiction of our Creator. For I knew that Thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repentest Thee of the evil. Nineveh was in trouble, but yet what did they do? That a change of heart and God changed His mind about destroying them. Our God praises Romans 2.29 But he is a Jew which is one um, inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit and not of the letter whose praise is not of men but of God. Ultimately we seek God's praise the hope. We saw the opposite of that though unfortunately in John 12.42 and 43. Uh, chief rulers in that position they loved the praises of men more than the praise of God. So they missed the opportunity to be accepted of God. 1 Corinthians 4, 5, um, concerning it says this idea of we'll make manifest the counsels of the heart and then shall every man have praise of God. Brethren, God will praise. Oh, 
appreciate the fact that we loved him enough to be faithful to him. That's our God. Let's think about some of his strengths, things that we visit commonly, but nonetheless. God is not limited by some quantity of power. God is all-powerful. He ruleth by his power forever. And if he's going to rule forever, then he has to have unlimited power because his power couldn't end. Psalm 66, verse 7. Jeremiah 27, 5 says, I've made the earth, the man, and the beasts that are upon the ground by my great power and my outstretched arm and have given it to whom it seemed meet unto me. God is all-knowing. He is not limited by some quantity of knowledge. God is all-knowing. There is no searching of His understanding, Isaiah 40 and 28. I had one of those uh, uh uh-oh moments, and I had deleted my lessons for today, or one of them, and in great panic, I uh, went to another device and tried to do some saving, and and uh, thank God it was there. So, um, so I'm, I'm scattered between two options here. So, be patient. Psalm one forty seven verse five. Great is our Lord, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. How do we put a quantity on infinite? We can't. God is omniscient. He's all knowing. Listen, we can have great comfort in these definitions of our Creator, looking at His qualities, His characteristics, because that's not something that's going to change. And it's something that applies to His behavior toward us. So He's all-knowing, He's all-powerful, and yet He loves us. Wow. Our hearts should have great comfort in that. Uh, The eternal God is our refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Deuteronomy 33.27 God is eternal. Uh, Hebrews 13.8 Notice this, this person of the Godhead. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? That encompasses time past, time present, time future. There, there is no changing of the Christ. He is, he is always. He is eternal. And a camp song we sing. 1 Timothy 1.17 Now unto the king... Eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. As we think about the attributes of the one that loves us so much, our Creator, our God. God is wise. Jeremiah fifty one fifteen. He hath established the word of his wisdom, he hath stretched out the heaven by his understanding. Um, I understand that. And I apologize, I didn't research this. It just popped in my head. The uh, the Genome Project, looking at the uh, DNA, it's like the books are six to 800 pages each and there's 20 or 30 volumes describing the DNA. It's massive. How can we as humans wrap our heads around that? Likewise, with all the intricate details that go into this planet being the perfect terrarium for us to exist on, Look what all wisdom and knowledge it took and power. And that is our God. God is of great wisdom. Romans sixteen twenty seven. To God only wise be glory through Christ Jesus forever. Our God does not faint. 
occasionally it happens that we have a loved one that's sick in the hospital. And we try to sit vigil with them and, and be by their side and care for them. But after 20 hours pass and, and 28 hours pass and 36 hours pass, the fatigue overtakes us and we can't, we can't do it anymore. We have to rest. And so we sleep. We're frail. Brethren, our God does not faint. He doesn't need to rest. He is always watchful. He knows what's going on. Remember, He's omniscient, so He always knows. He's always watchful. God does not faint. That's comforting to us because we think of our God's always there for us. Isaiah 40 and 28, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the, lo- the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. Our God does not grow tired. It's always there. Philippians 1, 6, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Well, when was this penned? In the first century sometime. And the day of Jesus Christ has not come yet where he's returned. But yet it says that God will perform that work. So God is still faithful. And nearly 2,000 years have passed. God will always be faithful. Psalm 121, verse 3 and 4. Notice what God says. Uh, Through inspiration, how this is written, I apologize. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Look at that from uh, an enemy's uh, vantage point of someone trying to get to Israel. God always had Israel under his gaze and care. Well, we as children, it's no different. God cares for us. So, what are we trying to establish here? We're trying to establish the love of God, his greatness. We're trying to establish the fact that God should, not only that his this awesome qualities and uh, character that we can trust and have confidence in. But we should also learn to fear Him. Because of His greatness, there's a quality of God, His justice. God is just, and that will not change. So even though He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, there will come a day when God's justice will be executed. God will not let right go unrewarded and God will not let sin go unpunished so we should also fear him as we think about his qualities as God's children we don't have to be trembling in a corner we have confidence because the blood of Jesus covers us and we are his children we walk in the light as his in light we have that hope of eternal life through the Christ we're not afraid of his return we look forward to it we anticipate it that is our God we're trying to establish these things and we're trying to establish the fact that we can trust him because God brethren in all things God has our best interest in mind there's no exceptions all things God is unchanging Malachi 3 6 for I'm the Lord I change not therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed God does not change he is 
God is obviously creator. Colossians 1.16. Wrap your heads around that. Have you ever been to one of the... Um, shows concerning our galaxy and our vast universe. And it starts out with this image of Earth and it starts backing up until we get to the moon and we're looking back at Earth and it's like, that's oh, yeah, it's kind of small. And then we get out to one of our nearest neighboring planets and it's like, um, okay, now it's a dot. And as we continue out through space, we get to the point where we can't even see our solar system. God is vast. God is infinite. And so we can't wrap our minds around the universe, let alone our God. Um, our God is all-powerful. So, and this same God that is of this great magnitude, if you will, tenderly and gently cares for us. So we can have great confidence and trust in Him. Think about a relationship with God for just a second. There's this tender image that we get. Jesus made this comment in Luke one thirty four. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and you would not. Look at that tender image. You see the similar image in Ruth 2, in verse 12. As Boaz is speaking to Ruth, he makes this comment. The Lord recompense thy work. And a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. This Moabitess woman had come to trust the God of heaven and had left her people behind. And that's an awesome picture to me, but you see God's wings covering and caring for her. God is our hope. Think about the fact of God's kindness. Joel 2.13 it says, and rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest him of the evil. God is long suffering. From Exodus 34, 6 and 7. Now imagine with me for just a moment. We're all created. Everyone that's ever walked this planet that was um that had a beginning um, is created. And so when God sees Moses here on this scene of Exodus 34 and God passes by Moses, who is going to proclaim information about God but God himself? Who else has the ability to tell God's characteristics and God's qualities? So God has to do it. And something we need to understand is God is not arrogant. God, God does not need the praise of men. God is not waiting for us to make him feel good about himself. God is God. So, But God is truthful. And so when God walks by here in Exodus 34, he proclaims himself. And I want you to hear what God says to Moses. Exodus 34, 6 and 7. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, Merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Brethren, that's our God. God's awesome. And He loves us.
I'm overwhelmed. Why does he love you and I? It's beyond comprehension for me. But yet God is love, right? That isn't some description of something that he tries to um, attain to. It is who he is. God is love. God is forgiving. Numbers 14, 18. The Lord is long-suffering of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. Of course, there's many verses that repeat these things over and over and over again. And we're just going to touch on a few of these things. I apologize. But God is gracious. God is faithful. God is gentle. He's merciful and compassionate. God is loving kindness. We think about God's nature. He is holy, as we touched on in class this morning. Be holy, for I am holy. God is just. As we start thinking about some of these attributes of God, the fear that we have for God should be reverential respect and honor, not trembling in the corner waiting for judgment because we'll be condemned, but respect of Him and His greatness. God is just, and He will be just. God is perfect. God is virtuous and true. God will not fail us. God is judge. God is sovereign. Due to, um, due to time, as always, you always over-prepare for lessons, so I have enough material for about 3 o'clock if you all want to wait. <laughs> Apparently not. As we prepare for heaven... Each day, are we thinking about the greatness of God in respect and awe of Him and so that we'll fear and respect Him and serve Him? We should be. That should be our duty each day as we wake, preparing ourselves for the moment because, brethren, it will come. We think it's a distant moment. Some things that we should consider uh, concerning Bible class and now, concerning who God is, and concerning this idea of re- resisting temptation, brethren, I think something we've overlooked is life is slipping by one television show at a time. We're watching our souls into eternity. Turn it off. Stop entertaining ourselves to death and get in the book and be God's children and knock on our neighbor's door and teach them about Jesus because their souls are going to be lost eternally. Until we have that love like God has for us, for our neighbor, We can't be God's faithful children. Concerning God's qualities, He loves us that much that Jesus laid aside the glories of heaven for a time and came here and died for us. We have so much evidence. The apostles gave their life because they believed what they saw. That's enough evidence from the Scriptures. Like John 20, verses 30 and 31, many other miracles Jesus did. But those are written that we might believe. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So believing we can have life. We, contrary to God's repentance, which is a change of mind, our repentance is a change of mind because of sin. Repentance for us is acknowledging the fact that we are wicked and sinful. We have separated ourselves from the perfect and holy God because of our sin. And justice must be issued. But we can avoid that 
because He will let the blood of Jesus wash us if we'll obey the gospel in submission to that belief and faithfulness. We confess Christ before men as the eunuch did in Acts 8. And it's not a one-time event. It's for the rest of our lives. Matthew 10, 32 and 33, we confess Christ before men and He'll confess us before the Father. It's perpetual. Are we confessing Christ today? We should be. And it's being immersed for the remission of our sins. As so many scriptures in the New Testament proclaim that we know we're baptized into Christ where all spiritual blessings are found, Ephesians 1.3. So to be in Christ, we're at one. We're at peace with this awesome God that we've studied this morning, looking at some of his qualities, which I apologize we hurriedly had to do. But that's who he is and many, many, many more qualities that we can study from cover to cover. It's a fascinating study. Brethren, we fall away. We're human. And so if anyone struggled this morning uh, and has something that they feel that they need to correct, we have opportunity. The invitation is always open. So if you have need to be baptized into Christ or to confess sin, won't you come now as we stand and sing?